We've been in our baggage series. I want to talk to you tonight from baggage to blessing. From baggage to blessing. We're going to go to the Word in Genesis chapter 32. We read in Hebrews that the writer tells us that we're to lay aside weights and sins that so easily and cleverly entangles us. How many of you know the enemy is clever? He is clever. He will come at you with your weakness. He will come at me with my weakness. He's not going to come at me with weaknesses that are not going to um, work for his favor in my life. But he's going to come at Tony with weaknesses that are conducive to Tony's journey. And he's going to do that with you. The Bible says that we are to lay aside weights and sins that the enemy uses cleverly to sidetrack us, to weigh us down, to keep us from running out God's purpose and intention for our life. And in Genesis chapter 32, you find that there's a young man. He has a calling on his life. His destiny is great. We are connected to his destiny. We are connected to the favor of God and the blessing of God on his life. But man, when he started out, it was dysfunction junction. It was a mess. We find that from the very beginning, he tried to slide in and jump ahead of his brother named Esau and steal the blessing of Abraham, of Isaac. The Bible said Esau was out and he was working and Jacob slid in as Esau was first in line to be blessed. He stole the blessing of Esau. And when Esau found out about it, Esau was enraged because he knew that he'd been deceived by Jacob. And Jacob began to run for his life. He encounters a relative named Laban. And the Bible said he begins to work for Laban. And then he catches a glimpse of Laban's daughter and he desires to have Laban's daughter as a wife. And Laban is a deceiver because I'm telling you, your baggage will connect you to other people with baggage. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, your baggage and the things that you carry in your life, it's almost like you draw to other people. Have you ever heard that saying, misery loves company? It's almost like a magnet you draw together with other people that have issues like yours. Sometimes I think it's just because we feel comfortable with those type people. And now he's journeying with Laban, and he looks at Laban's daughter and says, you know, I'd like to marry your daughter. And he said, well, if you work for me for so many years, you can have my daughter. So he worked for Laban. Wedding day came. She came out, had a veil on. They get married. He gets to the tent, uncovers the veil, and it's the wrong daughter. Comes back to Laban and said, you tricked me. That's not the one I wanted. He said, well, you didn't specify which daughter. He said, work for me another seven years and you get my other daughter. He worked another seven years. Finally got the daughter. And in Genesis chapter 31, he leaves and begins to flee from Laban because he hears Laban and Laban's sons talking about him. And they're conspiring to kill him. Why? Because when you live in this arena of dysfunction, eventually it catches up with you. And he begins to run from Laban. And finally, Laban chases him down. And this is what Jacob said. He said, every day of my life, you have cheated me. Now watch, this is what Jacob is saying to Laban. Every day in our relationship, you have sought out and set out to cheat me. Well, that's Jacob's MO. His very name means deceiver or supplanter. Jacob, his very label means deception. And he's now telling, why? Because my baggage connected me to you and you have the same type baggage as me. And he's running from Laban and he's at a crossroads. He's in between Laban's house and his father's house. He's in between the baggage of and dysfunction of where he's been living 
and the Father's house where his destiny and his blessing resides. And the Bible said he looks at Laban, and they finally come to an agreement, and Laban blesses him, and he leaves. But Jacob's got all this baggage. Then we find in Genesis chapter 32 that Jacob sends both his wives ahead because he hears that Esau is not far down the road. And he sends all of his servants, and he's going to have a night in prayer alone. In verse 24, then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, and he wrestled with him, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go, this is Jacob's talking, until you bless me. Until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? Now remember the last time that Jacob was asked his name was by his father Abraham when Abraham asked him who he was and he lied to his father and said he was Esau. His earthly father asked his name and now his heavenly father is asking his name. Now watch this. And he said, what is your name? And he said, it's Jacob. He said, your, he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men. You have struggled with God and with men. And you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. Jacob stole his birthright. He began connected to others that had baggage, the same type of baggage as him. His father-in-law Laban set out to kill him. Jacob began to live in a rearview mirror running from Esau because when you begin to live in a world of dysfunction and baggage, you always have to look over your shoulder at the things that you feel are chasing you down. And finally, he, he comes to an encounter with God. And the Bible said he wrestles in the presence of God. And God asked him his name. The last time he was asked his name, he lied about it. But then... He asked, why do you want to know my name? And then he said, my name's Jacob. And he said, no, you're not Jacob, you're Israel. Jacob means deceiver. Israel declares that he is heir to a promise. He said, you're no longer. And this is what he tells you. You have wrestled with God and man. You you have deceived, you have fought, you have tried to work this in your own flesh. But the Bible said God blessed him there. He blessed him after Jacob asked his name. Jacob was trying to get everything in his own power. He carried all this baggage, and the Bible said he began to cling to the presence of God. He asked God, he said, what is your name? And then the Bible said after he asked, he was blessed. And the Bible said from that point on, Jacob, because his hip was out of socket, began to walk differently. When you begin to leave baggage behind, you begin to walk differently. When you begin to free yourself of the baggage of life and the heaviness of life and the things that are weighing you down, you begin to walk differently. When you begin to leave these things that have tried to weigh your spirit and you begin to leave fear and you begin to leave isolation and, and spirit of comparison and all of these things that would try to weigh you down, he compared himself to Esau over and over. He tried to gain Laban's approval through the work of the flesh. The Bible said he ran in fear and all of these things brought him to a place of isolation, but it was an isolation where God was about to bring revelation to him until 
him that he was no longer Jacob, but he was now Israel. And sometimes it's in those moments of isolation that God does his best work in our life. It's not, I told you Sunday, it's not in a crowded room like this, but it's when God gets you alone and he asks you about your purpose and he asks you about your destiny and he asks you about your name. He said, what is your name? He said, well, I'm Jacob. Jacob was responding with his label and God was asking him about deeper things. God was asking him about purpose and destiny and calling and Jacob was responding with the labels of the baggage that he carried. I'm Jacob. I'm the deceiver. You know who I am. I'm the one that cheated my father and cheated my brother. I'm the one that's been wrestling with my father-in-law. He's been cheating me and I'm trying to get away from him. You know who I am. He said, no, no, that's your label. That's your baggage. He said, you are Israel. There's a future beyond what you see and what you know. And the Bible said, God blessed him. And he said, you're Israel. And the Bible said he began to walk with a limp every day from that day forward. He had to have something to lean on. I believe every moment that he took a step, God was reminding him of who he was. And God would remind him daily, step by step by step, that the baggage of your yesterday will keep you from the promise of your tomorrow. And we find that Jacob would eventually greet Esau and he would make peace with Esau. And God would begin to bless Jacob and bless now Israel. And the Bible said from Israel's sons would come the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. But then we find later on in the word of God that in, in, in giving birth to one of the sons, we find that it became very difficult. We find that it became very hard. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 35 that Rachel is giving birth to a son. And in verse 16, it says they journeyed from Bethel and they were just a little distance to go to Ephrath. Rachel labored in childbirth and she had hard labor. She had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, do not fear, you will have this son. And so it was as her soul was departing, she was dying that she called his name Benoni, but his father, Israel, called his name Benjamin. This is what's happening. They're traveling and they're journeying and they're walking out God's purpose and she is giving birth to a son, Rachel is, the the wife that he loved so much that he worked extra years for and she's dying in this moment and she has a son and she named him Benoni. You say, well, pastor, what does that have to do with anything? The name Benoni means son of death or son of hard labor. And what she was saying that this son has been birthed in pain and I'm going to give him a label that, that, is, is, that, that identifies how he came into this world. But Jacob knew what it was to live with baggage. Jacob knew what it was to carry baggage. Jacob knew what it was to drag things through life. Jacob knew what it was for other people to put stuff on you that you had to carry and live out. Jacob knew what it was to live out the expectations of other people and the labels that someone else had put on you. And Jacob stepped up. The only one that had um, the ability and the authority to change the name a mother gave a son was the father. And what you have to understand, the only one that has authority to change your name and clean up your baggage is the father. The only one that has the 
ability to step into your situation and declare it over and declare a new season is a father. I'm thankful for all the programs we have and all the government programs that are out there. I'm thankful for the godly counselors we have in this church. But there are some things in your life, there are some issues in your life that only the father can step into and declare freedom. Why? Because in every Jacob, there's an Israel. In every Saul, there's a Paul. In every addict, there is freedom. In every stronghold, there is victory. But it's all in the name of Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise tonight. He looked at him and said, I'll tell you, I know what it is to live with the label. I know what it is to live with those restrictions other people put on you. I know what it is to look at the baggage that other people or even myself have let accrue in my life and drag it through life. I know what it is to have to lug it from place to place. I know what it is to have to live every day and look in the mirror and remember that you're a deceiver. And the very mention of your name off others' lips reminds you of who you are. And I am not going to let the next generation carry the same baggage. He will not be named Benoni. He will be called Benjamin. You know what the name Benjamin means? Son of promise, son of strength, son of my right arm. He's going to be a son of promise. He's going to be strong and mighty. He's going to be my right hand. Benjamin would lead one of the 12 tribes. What do you say? I'm telling you, there is a father tonight that will step right in the midst of your dysfunction and look at the baggage and the labels of your life and declare no more. You don't have to live as Jacob. You're Israel. You can walk different from this day forward. Come on, put your hands together. This is what the Bible said. The Bible said he had power with God and favor with man. He said from this day forward, you're going to have power with God and favor with man. Power with God and favor with man. Those that bless you, Jacob, are going to be blessed. You're going to live out the Abrahamic promise of your granddaddy. You're going to fulfill what was given to generations before you. The baggage is not going to stop the prophetic word of God over you or over future generations. Jacob had an encounter in an alone place. The Bible said he was blessed. And a prophetic word was given over him. And from that day forward, he walked differently. From that day forward, he walked with a different gait. Every step was different than the steps he had taken before. And I believe going in to see that son, they said it's bad. Even though there's new life, we've lost your wife in the process. And in departing, she named this son. She called him son of sorrow. She named him son of death. The labor was hard, and the circumstance was hard, and the trial was hard. So she gave him a label conducive to what she had been through. How many times do we allow labels from what we've been through? To begin to find us. How, how is it that we allow the things that we have lived through or the places we've been raised around or the conditions and the settings of our journey to begin to identify us? Can you imagine Jacob walking in 
And he hears the story and he hears all of the surrounding details. And as he's going in, they tell him in her death, she named this boy. She named him according to the circumstance and the trial and the battle and the hardship. But walking in, Jacob begins to limp. And remembers when the father gave him a new name. And with every step, as he gets closer to that boy, he's reminded about the power that the Father has to change your name. With every step, he's reminded how the Father, one night in a desert place, all alone, wrestled with him. And when he came away from that time of battle, A new name had been declared and baggage had dropped off. Restoration was in his future and blessing and favor would be his roadway. Just maybe with every step going in as he limped in, he was reminded. And the Bible said, Jacob declared, Israel declared, this boy will not be named by the circumstance but he will be named according to his destiny and according to his future. There's some of you here tonight and you've allowed the baggage to label you. Maybe not your name. Maybe not Sally, Sue, Mike, or Joe, but the name that's been imprinted on you. The label you see when you look in the mirror. The things you see when you begin to peer into your future. Everywhere up to the point that Jacob was blessed by God, he struggled in the arm of the flesh to acquire. And he found himself surrounded by other dysfunctional people. But I'll tell you, when Jacob began to walk in the calling of who he was, ordained to be, God began to raise up sons and daughters God begins to release generations of purpose. God begins to raise tribes and people that would move from generation to generation. Didn't stop with Isaac. Didn't stop with Israel. But it moved right through generations to David, to the son of David. And I want you to understand this. It all came one night in a desert, in an alone place, a place of isolation where a young man had got t- was tired of running and tired of fighting and tired of battling and tired of arguing, tired of deceiving and tired of manipulating and tired of lying and tired of hiding. And the Bible said in an alone place, he clinged to the presence of God. And finally, God said, let me go. He Say, oh no, not until you bless me. I'm weary, I'm tired, and I'm going to hold on to you until you bless me. And the Bible said, in that moment, God blessed him. There are some of you in this place tonight, you're tired of running, you're tired of hiding, you're tired of manipulating and lying and hiding, you're tired of the stronghold. But I want you to know, in every stronghold, there is freedom, in every addiction, there is purpose, in every life, and in every challenge, and in every person in this room, there 
Sarah's in Israel just waiting to be called for. And the Bible said from that day forward, he walked different. I believe in this next few weeks, as we wrap up this series, there are some of you that are going to walk out of this season and you are going to walk different. You're going to walk out declaring, I'm not Jacob any longer, but I'm now Israel. I'm heir to a promise and a place of destiny. Come on, jump to your feet tonight. Put your hands together. Come on, give him honor and give him praise tonight. This is what he said. He said, you have wrestled. This man that is nervous and fearful said, you have struggled with God and with man, but you have prevailed. He would declare over him, because you have power with God, you will find favor with man. See, the authority of the kingdom when it comes into your life not only causes baggage to fall off, it causes favor to go before us. It didn't just release bondage and chains and things that are weighing us down or memories or fear or those insecurities. But everything you release, God replaces it with kingdom promise and kingdom provision. He said, for everything you drop, I give you an arsenal. I give you anointing and favor. I give you the promises of the word of God that will never come to fruition as long as you're trying to carry the weight of Jacob. And this is what happens when you drop your black baggage and you allow him to bless you. It gives you the authority to be a blessing to someone else. What he's done for me Peter and John, such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. This is what he said. He said, because I had an encounter in the desert, I have the ability to walk into this sun that from the very beginning is being labeled. And because I have been free. The Bible says, because I have freely received, I can freely give. He walks in and says, oh, not my boy. He's not going to have the same struggles I had. Not the next generation. We're going to deal with that right now. Not the future generation. I've already dealt with this and we're not going to have another cycle of dysfunction. But tonight we're going to cut it off. We're going to stop it. His name will not be Benoni but it will be Benjamin, son of strength, son of promise, son of my right arm. God has purpose. And for some of you here tonight, maybe you say, Pastor, I'm just like Jacob. It's dysfunction after dysfunction. I've tried to maneuver and manipulate. There's hidden things in my life that I have covered. There's places that I have guarded. But I'm going to cling to God's presence. I'm going to let go of some of the baggage. I'm going to allow him to relabel me tonight. Recover me tonight. Declare a fresh word over my life. 
Declare a new season of purpose and destiny. Speak not just to the things that were or are, but prophetically declare what's on the way. It was more than just a moment in the desert. It was about the destiny of who he was. One moment. One moment can change everything. Ask Esther. Ask Paul. One moment in the presence of the Father.